Yeah, so, yeah, I just want to give uh, Allie thanks. Um, it seems like it wouldn't be hard to stand up here and do stuff, but when everybody's looking at you, it, it takes a different place. So, uh, to everybody who made the weekend the weekend, awesome. Paul, thank you very much for all that you did, getting me going, um, sticking with it, hanging in there, doing so much. Um, for all the participants, you know, I'm really proud of you guys for what you, what you went through. Can you, can you, like, can you turn up, like, if it's down here, I can't even hear myself. So turn up the game just a little bit, maybe? Just a little bit, and then, because, okay. All right, so I'm going to, well, no, we'll start. You got the volume up on the computer? Start over. I don't know much, but I think that's the Star Wars theme song. Isn't I it? think yeah. so. God's plan. Tips to growing a well-balanced and fruitful Christian life. You know, because we can learn about God, we can learn about Jesus, we can learn about Holy Spirit, and those are absolutely critical. But then what do you do with it? Like, some people say that once you give your life to Christ and you've arrived and it's all over. Right? Do you think so? Right? Like, you're all done with your work. And then we get there and we're like, well, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to do that. Well, what about this? What about that? I don't understand it. Anybody got a, a heart of mild stone? Is in? I'll take in some, but I'm not going to take in all. I'm not going to. I'm not going to let you in. How do you? How do you get that heart of that heart of flesh? The promise from God. What goes on in the heart? And the mind of the believer like because really so oftentimes an evangelist will go out in the streets tell somebody they need Jesus somebody says yep awesome I'll take Jesus as my Savior and then they're done they might stumble into a church where the church just keeps on teaching them this or that or whatever we have an alpha <coughs> program praise God but a lot of churches don't and so even if a church offers alpha a lot of Christians don't go to that because that takes some work that we're not really willing to put in. So then you get out four, five, 10, 20, 30 years, and you realize that you don't know a bupkis about how to walk as a Christian. Because some pastor finally has the audacity to call you to the carpet on what we're not doing as a church. 
what we're not doing as Christians. To tell you the truth about what Christ is calling us to do. About what we do with the Holy Spirit in us, right? And if we happen to pick up a Bible somewhere along the way, then great. Then we read words that don't always necessarily make sense. And if I tell everybody in the church that I don't know what these words mean, then I look like an idiot. So I'm really in self-preservation mode. And I'm back into my cave where I'm safe and nobody knows that I'm biblically illiterate. But I do. And I know my struggles. But when you see me, I look like a Christian. And I'll tell you that I'm a Christian, but I don't even know what that means. And what do I do with it? E equals MC squared means what to who in here? Energy equals. Mass multiplied by the speed of light squared. Okay, what? Whoopie doo dah. Now what? That's the theory of relativity. Whoopie doo dah. What's that? But to some, it's nothing. Theory of relativity. Okay, great. Whoopie-doo-dah. It's, on the signs out on the highway, it says 33 miles to Madison. If you don't know north, south, east, or west, and I just tell you it's 33 miles to Madison, and you hop in your car and you head northeast, 33 miles, with that limited bit of information, you should be in Madison. You need accompanying information and then what to do with said information. Quadratic equation. Who can tell me that one? And what are you doing? So Christ is your Savior. Okay. Now if I never hear another sermon, never listen to anything, or never pay attention, I'm busy doing something else, what am I learning and what am I going to do with that information? Right? Like, it's great information. You should hold that close to your heart. But now what? So we're trying to take a different approach to this thing. And I just thought the introduction was cool. It came to my brain, seeing the galaxy, and I'm like, that's really neat. I wonder if I could do this. So I challenged myself to input music into the slide, and I did it. I was like, that's so cool. Right? But I knew that I, I, I've heard about being able to do it, but I never put the information into action, and so it really doesn't do anything. It sits there up in my toolbar, hidden behind some words that didn't mean anything. So today I decided I'm going to do that. I'll be darned. I'm actually going to do something about something I've been wondering about. And it worked. Do you ever wonder what you're supposed to do? We've talked a lot about call. 
We've talked a lot about purpose. We've talked a lot about righteousness. We've talked a lot about all this stuff. But we're about to kick off into many more opportunities to be out in the streets and to be working the ministry. But there's things that are going to happen that we'll talk about today that you might want to pay attention to just a little bit. All right? And it's going to help us. It's going to help us to develop as a church. It's going to help us to develop as Christians so that we're ready. And we're ready to move. And we're ready to do. Amen? So, Father, we thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you for everything that you have for us, Lord. Father, would you, would you speak to these hearts that sit before me? Would you speak to them so that they would look upward towards you? And that they would see you and not me? Help me to get out of the way and make you greater and bigger in their lives and in their hearts. We love you and we thank you, Lord. So it all starts at birth, right? Everybody was born, right? All you guys were born? Right? Right? Okay, just checking. Okay. We were all born into a sinful world. Are we born good? Or evil is a question. Some would say I'm born evil. What's the scripture say? Romans 7, 18. For I know that nothing good dwells in me. Where did that come from? That is in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. You see, when I was a freshman in college, no, I was a sophomore at UW Whitewater, and my philosophy professor That's gibberish. My philosophy professor asked this question, are people born good or, or evil? A lot of people want to say good. If you were born good, then why do you have a desire to go stick your finger in a light socket or to spit food all over the place or whip it around or do those things. Why would you need a parent to raise you? Would you or would you not? And I'm just strictly being argumentative. Strictly argumentative. Would you need somebody to tell you what's right and what's wrong if you were born good? Just because you were born it, does it mean you say it? That's a great question. Isn't life fun? Love these questions. Love, love, love. Because now you have something to write down in your, in your notebook, and you get to research it. Right? Because that's the thing. I can give you all the answers in the world, but if you don't ever take time to study and figure stuff out for yourself, then what good is it? Then you're relying on me to be your brains, and that's not going to work. I barely got enough in the blonde head for me. Okay? So I can't do it for you. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. Now if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. So Paul's talking about, Paul's talking about the desire to do naughty stuff. The desire to do what we know is wrong. So how many sinful things 
have we talked about in our lives that we still do? And we know right from wrong. We know good from bad, right from wrong, evil, right? We know these things, and yet we do it. How many people roll through stop signs? No cop, no stop. Amen, brother. Woohoo! <laughs> so, is that good or is that bad? Are you permitted by law to do what you want if ain't nobody looking? No. Right? Isn't that what the law says? Like, Right underneath where it says the law, and then it says in really fine print, unless nobody sees you. You don't get caught, you didn't do wrong. Right? Wrong. What do you mean wrong? Well, then why do we do it? That's what this is talking about, Terry. 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 Don't distract her. <laughs> but that's what we're talking about. We do those things. And so Paul's talking about that. Birth. If we do not receive Christ, there is an assured death. So death, opposite of birth, right? One starts it, one ends it. But what are we talking about? Therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all men. So now we're starting to get into that talk about this new birth. This new birth that cannot be taken away because our earthly birth can be taken away. Right? But when we receive Christ, something new comes. Right? Like, so something gets implanted in us, and out of that comes something different. If we, if we know what we're living for, we have this upward calling that Christ is calling us to. If we're listening at all in church, you'll hear about it a lot, I would hope. But you have this upward calling. You're no longer having to worry about death because you've received Christ. So that takes that part of the problem away. And now we can just focus on life and living life. But what does it mean to live life? We are born again when we receive Christ as our Savior. So I'm going to try and put these things together. Because as some of you know, I'm working on a garden. And so I'm also working on planting a church. And I'm working on being a better man of God. And so I'm kind of seeing where all these pieces come together. They just, they just fit. They feel good together. Uh, the similarities, the, the, uh, all the stories seem to come together. So what do we have there on the left? It's a picture of two seeds that just sprouted. Now the seed has broken ground. Watch this, the next slide. The seed knows its job, as do we. We are to grow big and strong and produce fruit. If you've listened to anything that I've talked about, we talk about bearing fruit. This is the seed planting or breaking ground. 
So when Torn was planted, we took a seed, an idea from God, and we put it in the soil here. God is watering it. Now we're breaking ground. We're rising up, right? And so a plant in the natural, much like us, comes out looking great. So when you receive Christ as your Savior, you're like, yeah! And then you find out there's stuff to do. And that you need to clean your junk. And you've got some other stuff going on. And all of a sudden, it lost its appeal. Like, you mean Christianity's not just sitting here? No, sir. No, ma'am. I have to do something. Yeah, but it's pretty, it's relatively easy. Once you're willing to do the work of breaking through the seed, breaking up through the dirt, but the sun is calling. The sun is calling and the Father has watered. And so you're, you're reaching because you know that upward is the way to the Father. You know that up through the dirt and all of your garbage is the Father. Is the sun shining, right? There's something out there that's so so great and so wonderful as a church plant. We know that we have a higher calling as a church than to sit in the basement or in the sanctuary and listen to great worship music or even take communion. There's something that we're called to do as the body of Christ. So here we are. We're just breaking out of the dirt, and we're seeing God calling us to something. The sun is shining. The sign looks amazing. So those things, what you see there, those two little leaves, they look like regular leaves, right? I talked to my friend who's got his PhD in biology, and he called that a cotyledons. Cotyledons are the first leaves to emerge from the soil when a plant germinates. Mm -hmm. So it pops up, and I'm really excited because all of my seeds in like eight days like are starting to come up through the ground, and they're... They're really cool, and I've never heard this term before ever in my life. I'm like, this is awesome. I've never grown plants from a seed, right? The first church I planted is now, they bought their own building a few years back, and I was, I was like a, such a happy, excited dad. You know, these people are older than me, and I'm, I'm excited to, like, about your walk with Christ as well that as you break through and you start start looking around you're like hey this, this is cool this is really cool oh there's a lot out here there should be an excitement about life because you receive Christ and you broke through the dirt you see the sun you're seeing the world around us it's exciting but you're just cattle dogs we as torner or perhaps maybe catalogs. Acts 1, 6b through 8. Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father is fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and the ends of the earth. Why would I bring that up? What are we talking about? Because that plant, I don't know when it's going to break through. I don't know when it's going to produce fruit. I have an idea because people who have gone before me can kind of speak that out. 
I don't know when the church is going to take off and do all the great things that we're called to do. I don't know. I can project and I can pray and I can I can lead and I can guide and I can tend to the soil and I can I can work with the people and I can do all this stuff. But I need God. First and foremost, I need God to come into this place, to come into your hearts because I could go on speaking for months and weeks and years, like we said in the beginning, and somehow some people just stay seeds. They don't ever break up. They don't ever break through the dirt. Did they receive Christ as their Savior? You see, some churches who have no impact on the cities or the people around them. Is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? Well, if you're reading your Bible, you might think about what happens in the book of Revelation as they talk about the seven churches and try and figure out which one of those churches you are. The answer's in there. But to get out of those positions, to get out of being lukewarm, we need God. We need Holy Spirit to come and fill us. So this is a promise. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes. We're given something. Now we've got a call. We've got the dirt. We see the light. We've been watered. We're doing really good. We as the church, we got a sign. We're in a building. We have an opportunity. You see how our lives match and resemble and track along with that seed? And so where are we? Are we Caledons? We need to develop a strong root system before we take off and bear fruit. How many times have you heard me tell you to read your Bible? <laughs> a time or two? What do you think the reason for that is? Delaying the word. How about to develop a root system? Because if you don't have a good root system, you have nothing. Which way does water fall when it hits the ground? Oh. It's blitzes. If you're standing on your head. <laughs> Come on. It was there. It's a reality, but it hits the ground. It rests on the ground for a split second, and then it just starts its descent. Where does the plant get its water from? Roots. From the root system. Is it beneficial to have roots that are here and roots that go down, down, down? Is that beneficial? Yes. So your, your roots are going to go as deep as you need water to support the plant that's up here. A good deep base stops the wind from taking you and ripping you out. We as a church need each and every one of you to have a good root system. You are part of the very base work that holds the church together, that makes the church what it is. Why is Alpha important? Why is education important? Why is becoming an actual disciple instead of a pew sitter important? Because the roots that you establish in Christ Jesus are going to help you emotionally and spiritually so that you don't topple over every time the wind blows. Right? Just because some new flashy church comes to town and they got a louder, louder rock band and smoke and lights and mirrors. Woo! I got a Golax! That sounds awesome! Visiting that church is fine. 
Where did God call you to be? Do you stay in those places because of the smoke and the mirrors and the killer rock band? You see, because being rooted and grounded in the word of God helps you to be where you're supposed to be. Amen? Amen. Just like these plants, they need a strong root system. But now here it comes. This thing, can anybody tell me what kind of plant that is? Tomato plant, amen. It sure looks like we're ready to go, doesn't it? Like that plant looks good, doesn't it? It looks like it's like we can't tell exactly how far along this is. We can't tell how far it is until it starts producing fruit. But in the process, wherever it's at, it looks good. So when you dress up on Sunday morning or Saturday night and you come to church and you sit down, you look good. You're standing upright. You brought your Bible. You're looking you're looking good. You've done all the things. You've checked all the boxes. Hallelujah. Right? You're good. But wait. There's more. John 13, 5 through 7. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter and said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered him, what I am going to you to do to you, you do not understand now, but afterward you will understand. Even if it looks good, it still needs pruning. You see, what Peter didn't understand is that Jesus still needs to do some work in his life. He walked with them, and, but there's a measure. There's some things that need to be pruned off of us, right? Like we're not necessarily guaranteed ready to go yet. But when we get pruned, when we're pruned, we do well. John 15, 1 and 2, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every, which branch? Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. It doesn't do what? Bear fruit. Bear fruit. Huh, it seems like we we're just talking about a good root system, or a good root ball, as we call it in the, in the gardening community, that's root ball. You need to have a good root ball, so that you can grow good fruit. But there's even more. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. So you're either getting chucked or you're getting pruned. That doesn't sound very good to me. They both sound like horrible things. Right? You're gonna, what are you going to do? Even if it looks good, it still needs pruning. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he, is, it, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers 
and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. Whew! So do you remember those Caladons? Those Caladons have a job to do. Their job is to break through the shell, to break open the shell. God, in the beginning, set a seed and gave us seed a mission. So it breaks through and they come up through the they come up through the dirt and as soon as they get the dirt photosynthesis starts taking over. They are using they are bringing up plants like we see here. So then you get true leaves that pop up. If you notice those cattleodons you can see them down at the bottom. They're kind of oval in shape, down at the bottom of the one plant. They do not look like the other, they do not look like the other leaves. Well, I have no idea. Once you start, once you grow that second set of leaves, the true leaves, now you pluck the cattleodons off and you throw them away. They've served their purpose, they've done their job. But if you were to just sit there at that stage and never grow anything else, never develop a good root system. If we settle with having a sign out front, we can just look good. But there's more to it. There's fruit that's got to come. There's other leaves that are fruit bearing, right? Like, so the fruit comes out, the fruit will come out and it'll develop through a flower. And then all of a sudden there's a mater, a little bitty mater. And the root systems are grabbing as much water as down there. So the sun's, the sun's giving photosynthesis. The, the roots are gra grabbing the water. And they're working perfectly together, you see. Because we need, we need the, the people who are rooted and grounded to, to give us that water, to give us the hope. And we need, we need other people up here who are catching the rays of light, catching the sun, that are, the, that are out there and they're holding their arms out and people are seeing them and, and I'm not saying you have to dress up and look pretty, but you have to be kind. You have to represent Christ. You have to bear good fruit, right? Because that's what people are seeing. And that's what God is calling us to. And you see, we get this opportunity, but if a good windstorm comes along and you're not rooted and grounded in the word of God, anybody can talk you out of that relationship with Jesus Christ. You go off chasing other things, doing other things. So where are you and where were you? And we all get stuck in it. You can, you can look around. I can look at every single one of you. Lottie dottie everybody. So God's plan, one job, grows roots, begins the root balls, the cattle dons, second leaves, but not strong enough. So you have second leaves, and the second leaves come up, and they sprout out like this, and then there's a next set of leaves, right, and these next set of leaves, so now you have this this stalk that grows up, you have this root ball down here, you, you have the cattle dones that you pulled off, and now you have that second set, and you're getting a third set of leaves coming up, and you're getting really, really excited. 
But then somebody says, hey, pastor, I was watching this YouTube video, and you should pluck those. I don't, I don't want to. I already tore off two leaves. I'm not making it four. That's, that's like killing all the work. But you see what these do, what these next set of leaves can do, is these leaves can take away the focus from where they need to be, which is growing a good stalk and a good root ball. Being built up and firmed up in Jesus Christ is the most amazing thing that we can do. But you see what happens is we think we're ready to go, so we're like, oh, I want to do this, I want to do that, I want to do that. And all of a sudden, Thornton has 648 ministries. And we're doing everything half-hearted. And all of a sudden, pastor says, whoa! Stop! And because you don't have your emotional side of you tuned up because you didn't take time to grow a good root ball and you don't have a good stock, you're knocked over and you're tipped. Your, your, your stock... Your stock gets broken. And you're not going to grow anything. You see, so it's important for me, it's important for me to tell you as a church and as a people who love Jesus Christ and who are working on it, just because you have a great idea, and just because you look good, and just because you bring your Bible, does not mean that you're going to be a ministry head. Does not mean that that ministry that you're doing is going to kick off in this church. At least not today. It doesn't mean that it won't ever. It doesn't mean that you won't be ready one day. You see, but if I let everybody just run willy-nilly and go for it, it'll be anarchy and you're going to burn yourself out. But if you'll trust me and the leadership team, when we talk to you and say, gosh, that's such a beautiful idea and I can see you doing that one day. But let's wait for that one day. Let's wait for that one day. Well, when is that? For no one knows the day or the time. You see, we can't put a timing on it because that's subject to you and God and your willingness to receive the watering from God. You see, because not all soils that you're planted in receive water the same way. Some are so hard and so dense that a majority of the water runs off. And it doesn't get down to your root ball. So are you stiff-necked or hard-hearted? Will you allow the love of God to pour into you? Will you allow Holy Spirit to break through and work something in you? Or are you so confident in who you are that you think that you should just be able to jump and pastors just got a personal vendetta? Well, pastors never really liked me. I get it a lot. I'm a number one target in the church of not liking people. Well, he said this. Yeah, he sure did. But if you know pastor's heart, is that what pastor meant? Is that how you heard it? Did you have, did you have the emotional strength to ask pastor, hey, what do you mean by that? That didn't land right all up in my heart. You got all up in my feels with that one. And what happens when I send Paul or Henry to talk to you about it? 
What happens, what happens when there's need for discipline in the church? Oh, yeah, you're going to get out of line and you're going to get called to task. Absolutely. And that is one of the greatest blessings you can have is to have a loving hand help you to see where there are struggles, where you're, where you're, where God really needs to come into your life, into your heart, in that place, and prune, and to take away the cattle dogs. Prune those top two leaves, the second set of leaves, when you think you're there. And somehow we gotta slow down the growth so that you don't become stringy. Because a stringy stalk doesn't stand up against anything. I learned what that one was too. I had too much light and too much heat and my seeds took off like a, like a champion, just woof! And I was so proud and I showed my buddy and I'm like, I took pictures and he's like, those look really stringy. Oh, shut up. It's not very nice, I don't say that about your roots, your stalks. No, no, Fred, don't take it personal. I do, I grew these. Yep, they look really good, but they're really stringy. Well, what does that mean? Well, that means they shot up too fast. So they're going to grow up big and tall, and they're not going to produce fruit. And if they do, the fruit won't be any good, or they'll tip over. And you'll, stack, you'll snap the stalk again. So while it looks like we're slowing you down, and we're slowing our church down, we're actually making it stronger. We're taking the time to do things correctly so that we don't burn up and burn out, amen? amen? It's a really huge thing because when I see the same two people in the kitchen every time, when I see the same people taking out the trash every time, where's the rest of us? You see, because we're one body, we're one family, and families work together, and families work together for the good of the order for the good of what God is calling us to, and that's to be good stewards of this gift that he's given us. Right? We are richly blessed. And so we all do what we can, and it takes us to be humble. It takes us to be, to be willing to do what God is calling us to do. And sometimes to just do it because it needs to be done. willing to slow down so that we can grow. We have to be willing to do things correctly because God calls us to. We have to be willing to listen to Holy Spirit because he's the power inside of us that works inside of us. He's our, he's our non-stop, non-heatable generator that just whoosh and churns and gives us that energy. Gives us that energy and that drive. As a church and as Christians, we must learn to trust God, trust our leaders, and trust those around us. Amen? It's important. Learn where you are and learn how to be there. How many know how to be a beginning Christian? How many are okay with humble beginnings? Right? Like, I hear so many people 
man, that'd be really neat to be the pastor. If you ain't called to this, there ain't nothing cool about it. Nothing. And even being called is really tough. If it wasn't for the call of my life, I would just as soon scrub the toilets. I'll do the food, then I'll go scrub the toilets, and I'll do some other things. And then I'll get out of here. I don't even have to be noticed. I don't have to be thanked. I don't have to anything. So where you're at can be okay, but know that that's where God is calling you to be. You see, because as long as you're where God has called you to be, and you're doing what God has called you to do, then you're in the right place with the right dude. Amen? Amen. Learn where you are and learn how to be there. Then worry, then worry about the rest. The time is now. The place is here. Are you willing to slow the grow to be better fruit? To better the fruit. you got to slow it. I plucked every one of my plants. I pruned them all. And they've slowed down. They've slowed down. They're not as stringy. They're building stronger roots. They're doing the things that they're meant to do. They're bearing that. And it is absolutely incredible to me. That's okay. It sucks to be pruned. It sucks to, to be told to stop or slow down. But it's okay. It's absolutely okay. I know the hearts of the leaders in this church. And not one of the four men have anything but the good of your heart and your walk with the Lord in their hearts and in their minds. I know so many of you guys, and I know the hearts behind you, that I trust you with stories that I maybe, may or maybe not, should tell you. You've got enough ammunition against me that if I ever ran for political office, you could say, oh, just wait. Pastor Fred, he told me this one time and it's on Facebook. You can go right there and you can get out. I'm telling you what, you don't want him for no, you don't. <laughs> I'm not perfect. And I don't expect you guys to be either. So know that. But I do expect you to understand that you're called. I do expect you to rise up, to take what God is telling you, to take what God is doing in your heart and in your life, and do something with it. I expect that when we have issues within the church, we don't form little coups and little cliques and little groups that go, dip, 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 dip. Did you hear? Matthew 15, 18 through 20 says that when you have a problem with your brother, go to your brother. If your brother doesn't receive it, take two or three. If he still won't receive it, take it to the church. 
And I guarantee you we're going to be a church that does that. My hope is that if you're so stiff-necked in the first two steps, that you'll have, you'll have a stiff-necked enough to come to the third, and you'll get to see how the grace of God works. Because I want to love you through it. Our leaders want to love you through it. And if we can't do that, then how do we go out there? How do we do what God's calling us to do outside of here if we can't do what God is calling us to do in here? How are we going to bear any good fruit if we don't have good root balls? We're not. And that's just truth. It's just truth. I need you, you need me, and we, more than any of that, need Developing a life that walks with God, that is humble enough, as Elliot shared, humble enough to do the hard work. It was beautiful watching people this weekend. Absolutely beautiful. I was richly blessed, just as I'm richly blessed each and every week when you guys come back. Because you don't have to. You don't have to. Many have left and never come back. You get to. You get to. You get to, and I'm blessed because you're here. And I hope you're blessed by one another. And I hope and pray that you're blessed by what God's doing here in you. And as you walk out into the world and you start just allowing God to guide your heart, allow God to guide your mouth and your steps and your actions, it can be tough, but you're okay. You're born again. And can't nothing in this world take you out of that. Nothing. So you have nothing to run from. No need to hide. Take your time. But grow. Even though I've slowed the growth on my plants, they're still growing. They're just growing slower, and they're getting stocky. They're getting ripped. If you came to see my row of tomatoes, you'd be like, dude, your tomatoes are buff, bro. Look at that stalks like a champion. Shake your head at me. You haven't seen my row of tomatoes. <laughs> so... <laughs> You can judge by Roma tomatoes. All right, let's uh, let's close up in prayer. Um, just again, I'm proud of you guys. I love you guys, and each and every one of you mean the world to me. So thank you, Father God. We thank you, Lord, for your awesomeness, for who you are. Just constantly blowing our minds that that you could prune so precisely in each and every one of us, so that we would actually grow better. We would grow better fruit by being pruned. Sometimes going through the pain of having things plucked and ripped from our hands is a good thing. When you do it, Lord, it's for your glory. And so, Father God, would you teach each and every one of us to be ready, willing, and able to be pruned? Would you help us to bear good fruit as we, individuals, walk out in this world 
Father, it's, uh, it's all about you. And so, Father God, if anybody right now is, is struggling in their walk with you, I just pray that you would lay a special blessing upon their hearts, that you would fill them up, that you would fill them afresh, fill them new, with new power, new authority, a new revelation of who you are and who they are in you. Lord God, uh, we can't do this without you, nor do we want to. So do with torn as you wish. She's yours. We lay her at your feet. And Father God, I lay each person down at your feet. I'm not their savior. I'm their shepherd. Jesus, you're their savior. So help them to come to know you in a better way. Bring them new revelation, new insight, Father God. Help them to slow the grow, to bear better fruit. Father, we love you. And we thank you in the name of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ.